This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you use the promo code HARDKNICKSLIFE, all caps, no spaces, at SeatGeek.com to buy any tickets for sporting events, concerts, and shows, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Barry, you ever use SeatGeek? Of course I've used SeatGeek. Was that too much of a delay? Ugh, here we go again. It is a hard Knicks life. This is Season 2, Episode 10. Life as a Knicks fan has never been easy. We've been tortured for decades by a franchise that never seems to get it right. The Knicks most of us fell in love with. You know, those tough, defensive-minded, willing-to-do-whatever-it-takes Knicks. The squads that fought tooth and nail for everything they got. The ones that had coaches hanging from legs of opposing players. Oakley, Mason, Starks, Ewing. Those Knicks represented everything our city stood for. But since we traded away the big guy, the greatest Nick of all time, our franchise has become a joke. Over the past 18 seasons, we've had only five playoff appearances, seven playoff wins, and just four winning seasons. But now, 19 years later, something feels different. We've got a front office finally committed to rebuilding the right way. We've got a new coach who is connecting with our players and our city. And we've got a roster filled with youth and potential. Oh, and big-time free agents are starting to list us amongst the teams they actually want to play for. But let's face it, we are Knicks fans. We go into every season with the feeling that maybe, just maybe, this year will be different. But we've been fooled before. So until it actually is different? Until those free agents start signing on the dotted line. Until our lottery picks become everything we think they can become. And until the team that takes the floor shares the same passion that we have. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. This is Bart. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. This is Manny from Stanford. I've been a since the early 90s. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks life. Knicks life. Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. Hi, Kirk and Barry. This is Jared calling in from Westchester. Hi, Kirk and Barry. This is Jared. And it is a hard Knicks. And it is a hard Nick's life. Barry, how about that? Jared from Westchester, 12 years old. Big fan. Yep, already thick into the hard Nick's life lifestyle. Oof, can you imagine? 12 years old, has been watching the Knicks for five years of his 12 years of life, he said. And he sounds like one miserable 12-year-old, thanks to the Knicks. <laughs> On today's show, guys, Knicks Media Day today, which is basically the start of Knicks training camp. So we got got to see all the guys back in uniform today. They all spoke at the press conference. We're going to listen to a bunch of sound from Cantor, KP, Frank, Knox, and some other guys. I got a chance to talk to NBA insider Jesus Rodriguez. We'll talk to him about the latest on the Jimmy Butler front. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about hard nipples, Barry. (laughs) 
sure you're looking forward to that. What? Yeah, you all. I always thought you had unusual nipples growing up, but uh, unusual. What does that even mean? Are they normal? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. How are they abnormal? No, whenever we were swimming in high school, I always thought they looked strange. You're kidding me. No, the nipples. Yeah, yeah, your nipples. Not the whole breastal area. No, you know, I mean, I guess your whole upper body was a little odd, but... It took you all this time to say something. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. My mom, I saw my mom this weekend, and she I guess she listens to the show still, Barry, which is very disappointing. (laughs) Because that makes me very uncomfortable about what I'm going to talk about, but... She says that you and I are not very nice to each other. I think that means we have a healthy relationship, some can argue. Yeah, you have to be honest. We don't have to be fake with each other. You're right. No, of course not. We don't always like each other. There's nothing you can say to me that's going to make me, like, unfriend you in real life. I'm sure all of you guys heard the new open to the show, which Barry and I recorded together in person last night. It was nice doing uh, something podcast-related, like... You know, in the same room. Oh, Barry, that reminds me. You never brought home that piece of cake that my wife baked. I know. Trust me. I heard all about it from my wife. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, apparently she told my wife to expect it. And then today, when my wife asked me where I put it, when I got home last night, I realized that I didn't take it with me, which I don't even blame myself. I blame you. You know, you were the one that should have reminded me as I was exiting your house last night to take it. Right. I made you do like a hundred takes of that open script. <laughs> and then... <laughs> By the time we, I think we were we were recording for like two hours on that thing, and then it's like twelve thirty in the morning. You're putting your bag on, which I still don't know why you had that bag. Absolutely no reason that I need that bag. Barry walks into my house with a bag over his shoulder, like he's coming to work. Well, I had my laptop, which I didn't even crack open. <laughs> right, you fully admitted right from the start you had no idea why you had that bag on you. That's right. So you place the bag next to this slice of cake. That my wife put in tinfoil and everything. Yeah, and she talked it up big time too when I arrived, but I, I totally slipped my mind. You know, when I saw you putting the bag over your shoulder when you were leaving. Cake was sitting there. I was like, all right, he's going to take the cake. It's going to be nice. You left. I went back in the kitchen and damn, the, st- the cake was still sitting there. Son of a bitch. And I had to hear about it all morning. <laughs> You're such an idiot, Barry. No offense. I, I Honestly, I didn't even see the cake <laughs> sitting there. So what do you want from me? How nice was it to see Kristaps Porzingis for the first time in his Knicks number six jersey since he went down with that devastating injury last season? Mashed potatoes and gravy, Craig. It was delightful. Dude, mashed potatoes and gravy? It's an expression. <laughs> Did you see that picture of him standing next to Kevin Knox? Uh, the picture of him standing next to Kevin Knox? No. Uh, oh, I saw, I, saw, I saw Knox, Hardaway... Przingis. I saw uh, like a uh, like a photo op shot that they did together. All right, you got to look up the picture of Knox and Porzingis together. Like we haven't seen, I haven't seen Porzingis in a while, right? I've seen him training all off season, but never with anybody whose height you understand how they relate to his height. Knox, I was thinking, was a tall guy, but Porzingis, dude, is a monster next to Knox. <laughs> it's not even close. You gotta you gotta look that picture up. I see, I see one where Knox is holding a basketball and Przingis has his arms folded across his, himself. Is that the one you're talking about? Well, Barry, I don't really remember what they were doing with their arms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is one where Przingis is like towering over Knox. You'd think that that is they the have one. like a seven-inch differential where I guess 
Well, actually, they do have a six-inch differential, right? Six nine to seven three. So, makes sense. I, I guess. guess Knox just looks so tiny next to him. <laughs> but it was good to see KP back. Want to go to his press conference? Listen to some of uh, his clips he said today, Barry. Sure. He was asked about the comeback and everything when he's coming back, how he's feeling. I'm, I'm, I feel good with where I am right now. It's good that I have a good team around me, good people around me that are holding me back when I need to be held back and and um, and telling me to be patient when I need to be a bit more patient. So um, it's been it's been a long process. It's already been seven and a half months. Um, so obviously, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting itchy and I want to I want to be back on the court as soon as possible. But but uh, it won't happen until I am. 110 percent and and i'm medically cleared so now don't you think he should come back when he's 100 percent? no he's gonna come back when he's 110 percent okay which i don't really know how you get to that number exactly <laughs> well i know there's only this pressure it's just like when you're rehabbing it seems like a silly time to use that hyperbole you know what that essentially means barry he's gonna wait till he's 100 percent, and then they're gonna to be extra conservative, they'll probably wait an extra few weeks. So like so like a hundred percent of twelve months, right, is about eight eight something, eight and a half percent per month. So to get an extra ten percent, if he's out for twelve months, he'll probably sit out an extra month or so. Well, I don't like the fact that you're using twelve months as a scale. All right. Well, you're just using that to demonstrate an example of an extra ten percent for me. I don't need a math lesson, Craig. So Barry, here's another clip. Uh, he's Porzingis is asked if if he thinks that Fizdale's the right kind of coach to help him on both sides of the floor. I believe so. I believe so. I believe that he's he's that type of person that uh, wants to, you know, get the maximum out of each you know player around him. So um, I think me and him we we could work together really well with him being able to, you know, ask those things of me and and me. You know, keep pushing and, and try to achieve those things, which are also my goals. So I think we're on the same page there. It was nice to hear some of his thoughts about the vibe at training camp and around the team of all these young guys. Yeah, everybody was... Uh, oh, that's oh, me. I was sorry, really didn't realize, didn't realize that's me going, going into, into a, a clip. It's me going into a clip, Barry. <laughs> Jeez. It's good energy around here. I feel good. Um, it's the beginning. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say, you know, it's... I'm, but I, I feel like you know things are things are going well, and um, but it's it's a long process to get there, you know, and it's gonna take it's gonna take time for us. But but we're a young team, you know, a good group of hardworking young guys, and uh, that's the first step. So what were you gonna say on that, Barry? I was just gonna say everybody was reiterating how just the energy and the vibe of uh, like this whole group has been really really positive. It has a different feel than it's had before. You know, which is awesome. Do you want to listen to some Kevin Knox clips? No. There's nothing there, dude. All right, I'll just play this one. We had one of the better summers out of any, any NBA team uh, this year, this, uh, this uh, upcoming season. I mean, uh, with the work we put in this summer, uh, we got uh, everyone in great shape. I mean, the energy we have in the locker room, on the court. I mean, it's just fun to be around. And I feel like that we have a kind of a bond, a chemistry that's going to help us on the court. I mean, we've been together all summer, uh, like 14 guys. I've uh, been in the gym playing pickup every day, so I just feel like the energy we have right now is, is going to uh, go on towards the season, and we're going to have a great year together. This this clip's for you, Barry. This is Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilakina, who, by the way, the Knicks have now changed his height listing from 6'5 to 6'6. He's up an inch. Love it. You love an inch. 
And 15, <laughs> and 15 pounds, I think. Right. Well, they said 15 pounds of muscle, but how do they know that? Did you know for each inch you grow, you gain just like seven or eight pounds just for growing that inch? No. Is that true? Yeah. So uh, here's another math lesson for you, Barry. I don't know how accurate the 15 pounds of muscle is, unless they're already taking into account that extra inch of height. Man, I'm learning so much on this show. <laughs> but, you know, the inch probably didn't just happen over the summer. It's probably since the beginning of last season. Are you making that up about an inch equaling eight pounds? No, I looked it up. So I was curious about that. Because I think at, at the uh, town hall, Fizdale said Frank grew an inch and a half <laughs> and put on 15 pounds of muscle. So I was like, well, an inch and a half, what does that weigh? And I found up found out that an inch gets you about seven pounds, seven to eight pounds. So an inch and a half should be like 10. Great. Doesn't the human head weigh like eight pounds? What is that from Jerry Maguire? <laughs> yeah. So Barry, speaking of those 15 pounds of muscle, Frank was asked about it. So maybe he'll provide some insight. Uh, Frank, yeah, uh, Fisdale mentioned, you know, 15 pounds of muscle uh, growing more than an inch. They're listing you at a different height this year. How is that going to help you on the court um yeah it does uh, i've been working a lot on this summer on my body as well uh, i grew too so i see my body's changing uh, it's exciting it will allow me to uh, play a different position uh, as you know Fisdale is real, uh, coach Fisdale is really uh, big on uh, not having a strict position so it'll be exciting i'll be able to guard stronger guards even uh, for small forward so uh, I'm just, I'm just, I will just keep on working on that and uh, trying to, trying to compete. His body's changing, Barry. That's right. That's right. Right before his eyes. Did you like Ennis Cantor's sound? I love Ennis Cantor's sound. And the visual to go along with it is great. I mean, talk about a guy super loose, as he always is. Now, I've always been, like, always. The past year, I've been back and forth on and off this Cantor team. Mm-hmm. And I am back on Team Cantor after hearing him in this press wow. conference. I I don't know what it is. He, he just has this easiness about him, which is like drawing me in to thinking that he's going to have an even better year than he did last year. And if he has a better year than he did last year, I mean, he's going to be on the verge of like, you know, all-star talk. And I, I just feel like he's putting in the hard work this summer, even though we're seeing a lot of shenanigans. I think the work that he's putting in is there. And I just think he's going to play with this extra confidence that's going to just excel him even further. You know, obviously, I don't think his defense is going to improve that much. You know, I think we've gone over that. But I think his offensive game is going to get better. I mean, he talks about shooting threes. I don't think that's where the extra points are going to come from necessarily. But it is going to draw his defenders out more. And that, you know, might be able to allow him to do some you know, pick and rolls and get some, you know, better rolls to the basket and so forth. But I, I think he's going to have a big year. I really do. And he, I think he's going to be even more of a leader on this team this year, too. Do you think that you fell in love with him again today because he's pretty much the only Nick out there with any kind of personality? <laughs> that might be it. After watching like an hour and 20 minutes of just like <laughs> the same old stuff. Um, no, there was a couple of Nicks that that you know, reached me more than just like, you know, playbook type stuff. Um, but yeah, Ennis was like a different caliber and um, yeah, 
I don't he know. says he says some real corny things, and you'll hear one of them. He does, uh, but it's uh, charming but, too. But at least he, I don't know. I'm not a huge Cantor fan. I'm not a huge fan of his personality, but I get what you mean. I mean, after listening to Knox, Nilakina, even Porzingis, Cantor yeah. at least has a ton of energy, and he says some stupid things once in a while. But guess what? So do we. Well, like when you have to talk and try and show some personality, you're going to say some things that don't exactly work out all the time. Yeah, I think he was the last one of the whole lot, you know, to go. You know, he he didn't, you know, he took the microphone out of the uh, out of the holder, you know, and just, uh, you know, he came in, you know, shooting the uh, the media with his phone, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, just ultra relaxed. And I think if he plays a relaxed game on the court, I think it's going to translate to the other players and it's going to it's going to be good for them. Well, here are some of the highlights from his sound. I met with Coach Fisdale during the, you know, the, in Chicago during the uh, NBA draft workouts. You know, he was telling me, he, he told me, look, we know you can sc- score inside. Right now, the most important thing we need you to do is spread out the floor and start shooting threes. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, that's, that was my main focus this summer because if a coach gives you that much confidence, you know, you feel so much comfortable out there. So I think that was my focus this summer. I worked at every practice, so I'm ready to take some threes, man. Are you sold on this Cantor taking threes thing? Well, look, we're not looking for him to take, you know, three threes a game, okay? We're just, you know, if he, hey, if he's open out there behind the arc, let it fly, man. I mean, I get that's where the NBA is going, and Fizdale <laughs> wants to stretch the floor. But to tell Cantor just to focus on shooting threes all summer, I don't know, that might miss the mark for me. I don't know if that's an effective use of his time. Maybe defense? Is that not? Is that too obvious? <laughs> Cantor's just launching threes all summer? That's a good point. All right, and then Cantor had this message for Knicks fans. He doesn't talk like any other Nick. And I don't, I'm not talking about the accent. Yeah, you are. No, hey, come on now. What's my message to Knicks fans? Hey, believe in us, man. We're going to make the Knicks great again. There he goes again with the make the Knicks great again. That's my, that's my message for them. Just be patient. We're going to do, you know, we have a really young group, uh, guys, group of guys out there. We're just going to go out there and fight and give that fight and bring that uh, toughness. I think with Coach Fisdale, he's already changing the culture. And we are very excited about the team, very excited about this organization. And um, we're going to do some really, really great things this year. I'm very excited. You know, it's been brought up a bunch of times that, if the Knicks were to bring on a max deal or two max deals, and Cantor's been like the front runner for this. Cantor's um, gone then. That Cantor's gone because where is right. this extra cap space going to come from? So um, a reporter actually brought that out to him. They said, um, you know, you've been talking about maybe getting Durant here and this here. Where does that leave you? You're a free agent next year too. And he kind of dodged that question a little bit. What did he say? He basically said, well, you know, since I've you know, joined the Knicks – you know, I've wanted to be a Nick. You know, I want my entire career to be here as a Nick. He basically didn't answer the question about where that extra cap space is going to come from. He just reiterated that he still wants to be here, right. you know, for yeah. the long haul. Then uh, someone asked him about the playoffs. And, you know, you had no idea where this was going to go, Barry. I did not know it was going to go to this place. I've been to playoffs before. And then that's everybody's, that, that, that should be everybody's goal. You know, is the playoffs. When I think about playoffs, my nipples get hurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the thing, man. It's the playoffs. That's what we play for. That's the thing, Barry. I mean, that's the playoffs. Of course your nipples are going to get hard. 
Right, Barry, if you if your nipples don't get hard when you think about the playoffs and you just then you just don't really care about making the playoffs. I guess not. I guess I just don't get it. It all came together, Barry, seeing all those photos all off season of Ennis Topless. <laughs> you know, I started going through his Instagram, I was like, Yeah, so he's been he's been thinking about the playoffs all off season. <laughs> Haven't seen one soft nipple yet. <laughs> I believe that's what we called you back in high school, soft nipples. Doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> All right. So, Barry, that was some of the best sound from KP, Cantor. Burke was pretty good, right? Burke was a highlight for me. Uh, just came out with that confidence. I mean, he really, really believes deep down that his journey is not over as far as the climb that his uh, career is taking right now. Right. He wants to step up this season athletically. So since today was the was media day and training camp starts tomorrow, Tuesday, depending when you're listening to the show, we all thought Joakim would be waved and stretched by now, but he's still on the team. Technically. Another situation we thought might be cleared up was this whole Jimmy Butler situation. What are your thoughts on that, Barry? What a mess. What a <laughs> mess. He, he's re- he requested a trade from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he would prefer it was to one of three teams. Everyone knows by now the Knicks, the Nets, and the Clippers. Right. And meanwhile, his whole thing was getting on players because they didn't have the desire to win and he wanted to win. Right. And he basically named three teams that, you know, haven't even made the playoffs in the last couple of years. Isn't that interesting that he picked three teams that are just in rebuilding stages and just have a lot of money to spend? That and the fact that they're two major markets. Yeah, but he didn't request the Lakers. Right. He wants to be number one. Do you think there's anything too he wants to go to he want like he chose those teams because they not only will likely have money for him but also for his buddy Kyrie? I don't know. I I don't think I'm sold on that. Um that could be more talk. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't really view them as a two for one. So a lot of most Knicks fans don't even want Butler. Yeah, I mean we're talking about like the gelling of these players, right? Yes, they're super young, but I mean, it's just a great group of guys, and obviously the vibes are good here. Why do you want to bring in a player that obviously caused all this negativity in Minnesota, and now you're going to bring him into your team for what? For this one year when he's going to be a free agent next year anyway, as are many other free agents that you've got your eyes on. It's just not worth it. There's there's really no benefit to doing that. Zero. Right. He won off Minnesota because he didn't like the work ethic of Wiggins and Towns and these guys, right? But these are young guys. They're learning that work ethic. So what, is he going to come to the Knicks, and what's that going to be like? Hmm. He's going to be surrounded by 11 guys who don't have good work ethic because they just got out of college or didn't even go to college? Yep, and you're going to wait four days before training camp to declare that you don't want to be a part of that team now? Now go scramble, and I'll give you you know four days to go find me another team? I got a chance earlier today to talk to NBA insider Jesus Rodriguez. We talked about the Butler situation, asked him about, you know, if the Knicks made any contact with the Timberwolves, if if they're at all interested in Butler. Talked about a bunch of things, so we're going to take a listen to that now, Barry. What you been up to, Jesus? A lot going on in the NBA today. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, man, it's been it's been really crazy, actually. Um, you have the media day going on with the Knicks. Um, you have the Jimmy Butler situation that's going on, so it's hectic. It's a hectic time right now in the NBA. Um, the Jimmy Butler situation, nobody saw this happening this intently. 
the owner getting involved. So, you know, it just changes things. It makes you busier. All right, well, let's talk about Jimmy Butler. Is it true that the Knicks have shown basically zero interest in acquiring him? Um, I, I, from what, what I've heard, it's not that they've shown zero interest. It's they've shown zero interest in parting ways with anything that would interest the Timberwolves. That's ultimately what it comes down to. The Timberwolves were willing to go ahead and pretty much take, say, for example, a Noah contract or a Courtney Lee and you know a couple veterans. You know, even the Tim Hardaway, I'm hearing they would even, you know, look into something like that. But it's at the end of the day, the Knicks aren't interested in giving up their young guys or their assets in draft picks. So that's what makes it zero interest. It has nothing to do with the player, from what I'm told. So I guess the Knicks aren't willing to give up, obviously, a Knox or a Nilakina or a first round pick. Well, I, I mean, they can ask for Knox, but I, from everything I'm hearing, New York will not even consider that. That would be uh, end of conversation right there. You have any idea if Minnesota has been asking for Frank? Um, well, when it comes to Frank, yes, there has been. I, I can't say the Timberwolves have asked him directly because they haven't. The talks haven't even gotten anywhere around to that point. Um, but yeah, that would be something that the Timberwolves would ask for. Um, it's, he's a Thibodeau type of guy. He's a defender. He plays defense, and Thibodeau loves defense. That's what he wants. So yeah, I mean that that would definitely help the deal. I just don't see the Knicks willing to do that. They still they still have faith in Frank, whether it's at, as a point guard or whether it's off the ball. They haven't fully given up on Frank yet. Hey, Zeus, if the Knicks don't land Butler, which I don't think any of us expect them to at this point, does that take them out of the equation for trying to get Kyrie next offseason? No, not at all. Not at all. I, I also don't think Kyrie's a lock for New York either, though, with that said. So, um, but no, I, I don't think one is going to come with the other. Um, I think Butler is trying to make sure... You know, to get his money. At the end of the day, that's why he's kind of pushing for this trade, so he can he can go ahead, be with a team that he's comfortable with, make sure he has a contract that you know that he's comfortable he's going to be able to get at the end of the season. Butler's looking out for him right now, and then he obviously would love to go to a team where he can then also get somebody, recruit somebody with him. But at the end of the day, Butler wants to get paid. He understands this may be his last big big contract, so he knows that. Have the Knicks done everything they could to explore other avenues as far as getting rid of Joakim and waving and stretching him is pretty much a last resort? Yes, they've, they've, they've spoken to multiple teams, the Timberwolves being one of the teams that they have spoken to. But at the end of the day, all, anywhere that they were to try to dump him, those teams are asking for a first-round pick. And it's not, you know, it's not even as simple as just a lottery first-round protected. They don't want a protection on that. They're not looking for any of that. So at the end of the day, no, they absolutely have tried in so many different ways to find a way to move that contract. It's just not feasible because of the fact of how low his value is at the moment. But with that said, a lot of Knicks fans are going to get upset because the minute he hits the free agent market, there will be a lot of interest. There are teams that are very interested in Noah. It's just not interested in Noah at that contract. So a couple of weeks ago, there were reports about Courtney Lee requesting a trade to a playoff contender, and he disputed that. I know you've disputed that online. So even though maybe he didn't ask to be traded to a playoff contender, do you have any idea if he wants to be traded? So at the end of the day, Courtney Lee, and this, this goes for any player. This is not just Courtney Lee, so let me be very specific here. Any player, if they get traded from a team that's probably not going to be a playoff team, would want to go to a playoff team. So there's a difference there. Uh, in in reading the article, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was the Mark Berman, I believe it was Berman that made that article, 
I, I read it. I don't think Berman specifically said, and I could be wrong. I feel like I, I didn't get the hint that he was saying that Lee said he wanted to be traded. I, I got the feeling that if Lee is traded, that he's then going to want to go to a contending team. Not that I want out of New York. Not that I want to be traded. Listen, as early as last season, Courtney Lee made it very clear to the Knicks he did not want to leave New York. Now, does he want to play? Yes, he wants to get minutes. That's where the issues want to come into play. So, Courtney Lee's mindset is, I want to stay in New York, I want to play. But if I get traded, sure. Would I prefer to go to a contender? Absolutely. So, players like Courtney Lee, Lance Thomas, how is it for those guys to buy into this whole player development thing when they're vets and they know their minutes are going to go down? How do they fit in this year with the Knicks? With the last part that you said, it's easy to buy in when you know you're still going to get playing time. But when your limits are going to be cut and you know your you know your career is winding down slightly, that's when it becomes a little bit of a challenge. I will say this, though. You can't have two more professional guys that you're asking to basically bite the bullet, in a sense, in Courtney Lee and Lance Thomas. Those two guys are two ultimate professionals. Ultimate professionals. So I have no doubt in my mind that they will be able to get and do it. Are they going to be happy deep down inside, not playing maybe the minutes that they want? No. But don't, you know, don't, don't sleep on Fisdale. Fisdale knows how to keep his players happy. Yes, the whole Marcus Soul situation, I get that. But players love Fisdale because he's up front, he's honest, he's real with them. And I think that's going to play a huge factor here. All right, Jesus, to wrap this up, we're going to get some predictions for you on this season. Who's going to start at point guard opening night for the Knicks? <laughs> um, who's going to start at point guard? I'll roll with I, – I, I'll, I'll say – they're going to be positionless. I could see a situation where you have Burke, Frank, Jimmy, Knox. I mean, so they're going to be positionless, but I guess, I guess I'll say Frank. But again, I, I don't see I don't see one specific point guard because they're going to all be be handling the ball. Okay, so who's your starting backcourt then? Um, starting backcourt opening night. Let's go with Frank and Burke. But this is decided now. You're really putting me on the spot here, Craig. But yeah, let's go with Frank and Burke. Will Mitchell Robinson have an impact this season? If he can, if he can replicate what he did in summer league in camp, sure. But they are not going to rush him. They do not want to put him out there and then have him look like a deer in the headlights and lose all his confidence. So it's going to come down to if he can continue to show what he did in summer camp. But at the end of the day, that it's not a guarantee that he's going to get a lot of minutes early on. Knicks fans need to be patient with him because he did. this is a person who didn't play a lot of basketball just about a year ago. So uh, keep that in mind. Over under, Jesus, will not score over or under 17.5 points per game this season. 17 and a half. Uh, KP's not going to be back until at minimum after February. So let's say I just just off of sheer volume. Sure, yeah. I'll say I'll say he's going to be at 17. Hey Zeus, did you hear what Ennis Cantor said today at Media Day about the playoffs? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> All right. So hey Zeus, when you think about the Knicks in the playoffs, what happens to your body? Of the Knicks in the playoffs. I mean, not that I just, I, I, I end up being a lot busier than what I expect. That's about it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't get like cancer, unfortunately. I'm not the one on the court. <laughs> what is going on with him? I mean, cancer is just a fun guy. It's kind of like we had this conversation, you and I, last year about um, Beasley. You know, when Beasley came in, he was saying some real wacky stuff. And, 
And I told you that's just him being him, and that's what the Knicks want. The Knicks want players that are going to come in, and they want to let these guys be themselves. And that's what they want. Canada's going to be the one that's going to come into the locker room and just have everybody loose and just, you know, have a good time. You need you need one of those goofballs in the locker room. You absolutely need that. And that's what Canner is. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you to Jesus Rodriguez for coming on. Training camp starts today, Tuesday. And our first preseason game, Barry, October 1st, which is next Monday. I cannot fucking wait. I know. Basketball is back. Seeing all those Knicks in uniform at the press conference, I am pumped. Pumped. There's a lot of hard nipples around here. Barry. Yes. Where can the fans reach out to us? They can reach out to us on Twitter. At Hard Knicks Life. By the way, for those of you not on Twitter, get on Twitter and follow us. You can find out when our next show is going to be. Because sometimes we're not very consistent. And we do a lot of fun stuff on Twitter, right, Barry? Sure we do. I like today. You know, you've been doing the countdown till Knicks basketball is back, counting down to the first preseason game. You took a lot of people by surprise today with seven days to go. Everybody expected to see Carmelo. Right, and I I refused. Good for you. Went with Kenny Skywalker. I got some heat for that. Yeah, I know, but that was a good twist. They can also call us, Barry, right? 516-336-3741. It's 516-33-MESH1. And speaking of the schedule for upcoming shows, Barry, we're moving to a -a once-a-week schedule. We still haven't figured out the details, but you can expect new shows every week. So, Barry, you want to tell us uh, preseason starting in one week? What happens to your body thinking about the first preseason game? First preseason game, I get some tingling in the backs of my knees. Oh, really? Yeah. And then by the home opener, I get some butterflies in my stomach. (laughs) Come around the all-star break, I start getting sweaty palms. Ooh. And playoff time, boy, do my nipples get hard. Those nipples just start popping at playoff time. That's how you know. <laughs> oh, man. Ennis Cantor. It is a hard. It's a hard nips life? It's a hard nips life. Oh, shit. I got to change you up. That's going to be the title of the show. <laughs> It is a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.